Welcome to What Is It About the Weather, a podcast where we explore the many ways in which weather intertwines itself into our lives. I'm your host, Mark Jelinek, and this week we're going to be talking about accurately consistent forecast, or is that consistently accurate forecast? Well, we're going to be talking about consistency or accuracy in forecast, because as we all know, it's not that easy to get both. But before we get there, let's hit a couple other things. Derechos. Those that aren't in the U.S. may have heard about a derecho that hit us in the past few weeks. Those who are in the U.S., you probably caught it on the news. Amongst all the other stuff going on, it's still garnered some pretty big headlines because there's a pretty impressive event. Derecho. Spanish in origin, terms of the word. We'll talk about it from a weather standpoint, but you know, I was thinking about derecho is one of those early words. And I should probably say it, derecho not mess it up. There you go. Good Southern boy, Spanish accent. Probably sounds horrible. But it was one of the first words that I learned in what I call critical Spanish. So when I was living in Santiago, there were some basics, you know, where's the bathroom, get some food. But getting around, taxis are very common in Santiago. And there were some very basic words you had to learn. A la izquierda, to the left, a la derecha, to the right, or derecho just essentially means straight. Keep going, keep going, right? And that's about the best you can do sometimes when you're trying to tell a taxi driver where to go and the street names are, you know, he doesn't understand half of what you're saying because your accent's so bad. But those words usually were pretty universal, pretty well understood. In the case of weather, though, some completely different, although that straight component straightforward, straight moving, is where the word and the weather event came to coexist, if you will. Now, fundamentally what's going on is think about a thunderstorm, right? And if you've ever seen one, been around them, you've probably seen what we call the collapse, which is thunderstorm, summertime, let's call them, those types of heat of the day, that hot air rising, instability, all that stuff going on, starts to rain finally, and then poof, it kind of magically disappears. Sometimes it's, you know, rain out or or it just, it loses its structure. Maybe the dynamics of wherever it's going on don't allow for that hot air to keep rising while that cool downdraft is really in play. But a derecho is a little bit of a unique event. And what it allows for is kind of a self-feeding situation. So that cold air keeps driving down and creating what we call kind of an outflow or a gust front situation. But on the leading edge of that, that hot air keeps rising. The fuel keeps coming into it. So in a period of time, this thing can really get going like a locomotive, if you will. It may take a little bit to get started, but once it's going, it's body in motion almost sort of scenario. Keeps going, keeps going, can get very fast moving, okay, in in a space environment, right? So the space it's moving from point A to point B, but it could also have very strong winds, which is what happened in this case. So derecho is a descriptive weather event, if you will. It is straightforward. It's not a it's not like a tornado, right? We're we're not talking a cyclonic event here, even though, you know, you may have some of those components to it, but Generally speaking, it's a straight line wind, and it's moving at high speeds. Those 
translate into high winds as well, can cause a lot of damage, and it did in this case. The other thing that's kind of interesting that's been going on recently is we've got a couple of potentially dueling hurricanes in the Atlantic Basin. Now, this doesn't happen all that often. Yeah, multiple hurricanes, not not a big surprise. But in the Gulf of Mexico, at the same time, potentially. Now, what we've got to set up, Laura already exists. Marco's about to form. By the time you listen to this, there might be a Marco. And what we have the potential for is something that hasn't happened in uh, quite a few years. I was reading back. I actually you know, saw a couple tweets about this, and it made an intriguing thing to kind of pop in. Christina Edwards, you've heard me mention her name before, is a meteorologist down in Huntsville, Alabama, WHNT, I believe, and somebody I know from my time at Georgia Tech. And she, was, she had done a write-up on you know, their webpage about the last time two tropical cyclones existed in the Gulf of Mexico at the same time. And I think it was 1959 was the answer. So it's been a long time to have two of them in there. And she also quoted some research from somebody else, a uh, scientist by the name of Phil Klotzbach. And he is, you, you may know, you know, you hear about these seasonal forecasts. He's been involved with hurricane seasonal forecasts for a long time, but he did a, a tweet about the last time there were two systems that essentially made landfall at the same time. They were kind of on the same weather map. And I always like when people pull out these. And you can. You can go look at the archive of daily weather maps for the U.S. It's kind of a neat thing. I think the site's still up. But you can flip through these old maps and see it. He, he found this one from 1933, right, that two of them were making landfall at essentially the same time, on the same map, if you will, so roughly the same time. And we've got the potential for that again, although, you know, as these things unfold and as they start interacting with land, we we tend to see these little jumps in tropical cyclones. They may shift a little bit in one direction or another. The flow of the mid-latitude weather may change a little bit, and all those can lead to very different outcomes. Right now, they're still projected to go into the Gulf of Mexico and be fairly close to one another. My speculation is those forecasts will change, and at times they may be closer, times they may be far, some may be, both may be hurricanes, both may just be tropical storms, whatever. So we're going to probably see those, that evolution of forecast over time. And that's kind of relevant to the topic today. So let's get to it. I came across an article not too long ago that was titled, The Impact of Weather Forecast Inconsistency on User Trust. Now, they didn't use tropical cyclones or hurricane forecasting in their example, but I'll probably lean more on that. Because I think it's relevant to what we will probably see with these two tropical cyclones as the forecast shifts and modifies. So the question really that they were trying to answer is, is it more important to issue an accurate forecast or a consistent one. And you heard me in the titles at the beginning, it's kind of hard to do both sometimes. Oh, trust me, every meteorologist out there, everybody in the weather industry would love to be able to do both. But we've talked about in the past a lot of reasons that's not always feasible to do. (laughs) We can hit on some of that again someday. 
But we have touched on this idea of trust. And I did an episode, I don't remember, it was back in the 70s. Let me see if I've got that up here somewhere. Might be able to pull it up and, and mention it at the same time. So back in, I think it was 2018, I did an episode about trust, about who do you trust, right? It's actually episode 73, so you can pull it up. I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to go back and, and listen to that episode again. Who do you trust when it comes time to get your weather forecast? When you got to make decisions based on weather? All those sort of things. Who do you count on, right? And it probably has something to do with how they give you that weather information because it is evolving. It changes. Each time we have these you know, big weather models run, the big global runs run every 6 or 12 hours depending on the model. And we have some newer ones or some ones that are a shorter time frame that may run every hour. But those longer ones, you know, that's why you see it with, with tropical cyclones, and that's what people wait for, you know, the six-hour update, if you will. And it really had to do with the new model runs around. New information. Latest information about the storm itself. So that comes into play. You know, did it behave like it was expected to during, you know, the previous period? From model run to model run, because all those little fluctuations that I mentioned, how it interacts with maybe any land masses around it. Did we see something like a rapid intensification? Because you've heard me mention before, one of the most challenging times of tropical cyclones in terms of forecasting them is, is in their formation stages. Is when will it actually become a tropical cyclone and what will it look like? But another time is if it goes under what we call one of these rapid intensifications or RI events. Because something may go from having a forecast of maybe just struggling to stay a tropical storm, but if it hits the right pocket or the right environment for a short period of time and kind of gets to a, a more mature stage, it can greatly shift the forecast over the long term. And this can be particularly tricky when maybe it is near landfall, and we've seen that before too, right? something that's predicted to be one way, and then magically within six hours, it's something completely different, and we're having a, a different forecast. So we get back to this idea. Is it more important to be accurate with each time you do a forecast, or do you prefer consistency? Because with tropical cyclones, unlike many other events, you know, you think about winter storms and a lot of other things, people may plan for those, but they're usually planning to stay where they are. But with tropical cyclones and potentially with flooding, people have a situation where they may get displaced or need to displace themselves from their normal home. So it's a whole different scale of planning. And so if I issue a forecast that says, hey, Miami, Florida, you need to move. You need to get out of harm's way. We've got this big hurricane coming for you. And then six hours later, Miami's not a concern, let's say we're you know three or four days out when you really need to be planning, and then six hours after that, I'm back to saying, hey, Miami, you're going to lose trust or patience at a minimum with me, even though I may be relaying what's going on in the forecast. And I've had some time to work with different tropical cyclone forecasters, and I've seen some in action, and you'll see it even in times. If you ever take the time to actually read a write-up in a forecast from the National Hurricane Center, they'll tell you some of their thinking about maybe why they're not making a full jump to the new model run. Because they've been burnt too. So, I mean, we get burnt on the same thing. We don't like looking stupid when we issue a forecast. So having that information 
and trying to digest it in a way that maybe provides some continuity from forecast to forecast. It's not always, you know, consistent can be a bit of a tricky word. I mean, I want to portray it as accurately as possible, but I know that there's uncertainties as well. So sometimes it's about how do I convey all of that information effectively when I, you know, I may only have your eyes or your ears for a short period of time. That's what a meteorologist has to think through. And it's not just in the weather industry. I mean, that's the beauty of this. If you think about products we use, whether, you know, software or a car, you know, how often do you go back to the same company? Because you, you know how the layout of, of their brand works. And it's one of the reasons maybe products don't evolve as quickly as we know they can because they're trying to be consistent from one model year to the next. From one new phone to the next. Yeah, they want to introduce some new things. Or one new operating system upgrade to the next. But they need it to look a little bit and act somewhat like the old version or you may not adopt it. So it's that delicate balance between how do you introduce stuff versus how do you make sure that the person who's using the product or using the service is going to embrace and, and take that in, right? So we do it all the time. You may not think about it, but we do it all the time. We like consistency as humans. We really appreciate it. But have you ever seen a product copy another product? They may have a better way of doing something, but they may try to mimic something almost completely because they know that there's a certain level of comfort, particularly if it's a product that already exists in the marketplace. But that can be hobbling. So I see articles and stories about this more often in product design and implementation than I do in weather forecasting. So it was kind of interesting to see it on a weather forecasting side. But you hear about, we talk about disruptive technologies, and disruptive technologies, maybe the best way to think about them is maybe they're more accurate. Maybe they do bring the best and the latest, and it's really what people want and use. But disruption doesn't always work. A lot of time it fails, right? And it's because people aren't willing to make that step, or maybe they're not forced hard enough into that step. So which is more important? You know, is, is inconsistency or inaccuracy the one that's most likely to break your trust factor with a product, a company, a service, an advisor, right? And it doesn't even have to be about weather. This could be a financial person, some sort of spiritual advisor, a boss, a politician, it doesn't matter. We think about these things all the time. And, and we probably all said it. You know, I'm looking for consistent behavior or consistency. But is that to our advantage or disadvantage? And how does that unfold in the weather space? So they went through this, some different experiments. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes. I think this is an article that you can get freely. If I remember correctly, it, it's something you can see. So I'm going to definitely put a link in the show notes. And they ran a few different experiments. And I like when it's written in a way that you should be able to follow it no matter how scientific you consider yourself. So they went through the, the different experiments and their conclusions were after going through this that actually being consistent, while it, it 
you can take a, a ding for being inconsistent. It's more harmful to be inaccurate. Now, they laid the groundwork for saying, hey, this is, you know, what our findings are. And there's some evidence that, you know, other research has shown the same. But it's by no means conclusive. And I do think the scenario could vary. And, you know, I, like I said, they didn't use something that I'm used to, which is tropical cyclones. And I've seen it before. I've seen people turn because they, you know, comments are out there, uh, although we live in that kind of day and age where they say, hey, we've got this scenario where you went from this run to this run to this run. And all of a sudden, magically, you may have been fairly portraying what the models were showing or what the evidence at hand is telling you. But by being accurate, people lose faith in you because it seems like you're flip-flopping. You're not staying with it. And this is where, to me, it may be an interesting next step in the study to say, okay, we've got that scenario, but let's try some different situations and see how people responded. And maybe it's about how you communicate that and, and you've heard me talk about uncertainty and why you know, certain situations have less certainty in the forecast and more, you know, we need to look at a wider spread of probabilities. And how do we do a better job at communicating that? Because maybe the best thing is to communicate accuracy. Maybe we should always strive to give you the most accurate information, particularly if you're trying to be a decision maker or make planning steps that are non-trivial if you will, this is not about whether, you know, you go for a walk. This is about whether you pick up your family and move away from home for a period of time and secure your property or whatever it is, non-trivial things. And life-saving scenarios versus someone who says, yeah, the trends are in this direction, but let's wait and see. What's the right balance? And they hinted on the idea that, you know, as we get closer to the event unfolding, the forecasts become better. And that can be true, but what I can tell you is I've spent enough time with weather and certain types of weather like tropical cyclones that sometimes we get caught off guard, even in the short term. And that can be meaningful. So how do we properly convey that? get people to act or at least to be in a state where they might need to act without overstating a situation. So I think there's more to it than just those answers, but it's still an interesting exercise, right? How would you feel if you're in Florida as an example and someone is the last forecast shows, you know, Miami, like I said. And let's say the next one really doesn't. Let's say the next one has it going into the Gulf of Mexico. And then the one after that has it going back, you know, on the Atlantic side along Miami. And your weather person flip-flop within 24 hours from a direct hit to you to not a concern for you to back to a direct hit. Because for whatever reason, the forecast models made that shift. Versus someone who said... It's looking like a direct hit towards Miami, or that seems most probable right now. Yeah, it's looking like it's 
you know, latest runs or latest models are indicating more of a westward shift away from Miami. And then the ones after that, they come back to Miami. How would you feel? Uh, maybe you're down in Miami and you've you've lived through that scenario before, or maybe somebody has. And it, again, it doesn't have to be a tropical cyclone. It could be extreme winds. It could be a tornado outbreak. It could be a winter storm. Which would you prefer? Is it about accuracy or consistency? Or is it about the way we convey that information? Let me know your thoughts. What is it about the weather at gmail.com? Probably the best way to have deep thoughts if you want to. Of course, you can always hit me up on Twitter, the podcast, What Is It About the Weather, W I I A T W, at twitter.com. Or you can hit me, Mark underscore Jelinek, J E L I N E K, at Twitter as well with your thoughts. Love to hear from you, what you're thinking, what you prefer when you get those forecasts. Hey, before I close out and let you go, I did see one other thing that was kind of interesting this week. Many of you may know there's some wildfires going on in California right now, pretty significant ones. And to everyone's knowledge who's looked into it, there was a fire tornado warning for the first time ever. Uh, we, you know, and I'm going to put a link in the show notes. You can see how impressive this event was. And fires that look kind of like dust devils that have the swirling impact have existed before, but this was this was pretty impressive. And it, it's a it's a scale beyond just like a dust devil or, or spinning wind. But as you can imagine, with that much heat generated, that's what we look for. It, that creates a lot of upward movement of air and a lot of instability in that process. So it's a pretty kind of glowing thing, and it reminds me sometimes of when we see. Uh, volcanic eruptions and lightning around volcanic eruptions and just the amazing visualization that creates. Very dangerous as well, of course. But it just is one of those awe moments of reminding of what happens in nature and the things that we witness. All right. Let you guys get back to your weather. Let you guys get back to thinking about how we develop trust not just in weather, but in everything. Do we like consistency? Or do we want the latest, greatest disruption, accuracy to the, the point of foregoing consistency? You ever really thought about it? Because I think we're somewhere, I think it does depend on the individual. But I think maybe it's situational. Maybe it dep- depends on what's at stake, right? I don't know. Look forward to hearing from you. But until next time, don't ever forget. There's much more to weather than the weather itself.